0: Hey folks, welcome to Living Truth Radio. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Glad that you're here. Hey, we're in Genesis 35 today and we're going to look at how God blesses Jacob, but it's going to come on the heels of a chapter where there's all kinds of ugly stuff, there's abuse, There's violence, there's passivity, and yet God still blesses Jacob. You know, God blesses us despite us. And we're going to talk about that on Living Truth Radio in Genesis 35. Stay tuned. At the end of the message, we're going to have some practical application thoughts, and we'll tell you how you can apply this chapter and about the goodness of God. Glad you're here. God bless you.
1: Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 35, verse 6, Jacob says, God of the house of God, recognizing it's the personal God that he's really coming back to more than the place that he's coming back to. Verse 8, Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. It was named Alon-Bakuth, which means Oak of Weeping. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from and Aram, and he blessed him. Verse 10, God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel, governed by God. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Now, I want you to look in here at how God responded to Jacob's obedience. First, he reminded Jacob that all the promises that he had made were still going to be fulfilled. And in verse 9, it says, God blessed him. You see, when we return to God, when we've been wandering like Jacob was, when we're waning in our faith, but we return to God, God blesses us. When we rededicate our lives to him, when we decide to be obedient to him, he blesses us. You know, I found in my life that the more Closely I follow the Lord, and the more obedient I am to him and not to myself, the more he blesses my life. There is a direct correlation between obedience and blessing. Now, that's not always the way it's portrayed, which is if you're obedient to God, you will get a Mercedes Benz this year. If you are obedient to God, that new house that you claimed up the street, it's yours. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. Now, he might do that. He might financially bless you. And I found many times the more obedient I am to him following his word, the more I'm blessed. But part of that is just following the wisdom that he's given us in his word. But we're talking about spiritual blessings. And the more you're obedient to God, the more spiritual blessing you're going to see in your life. Well, then God reminded Jacob that his name, which remember the name represented who he was, had been changed, which he had already told him. He says, your name is changed. You're no longer heel catcher. You are now governed by God. Well, you know, there's other people in the Bible we know that got their name changed, right? You know, who do you think of first? I always think first of of Peter. Peter's name was Cephas before it was Peter, but at a certain point in time when he declared who Jesus was, Jesus changed his name from Cephas to Peter. And then, of course, Probably the most famous, we'd think of Saul who becomes Paul after his encounter with God, right? His name got changed. There were reasons for this. And again, in Jacob's case, God didn't want him to think of himself as the conniving heel catcher that he'd always been. He wanted him to remember that he is now governed by God. Would you realize that God has given you a new name since you came to the Lord? You really ever think about that? What is that name? It's Christian. It's Christian. That's your new name. Now you may have gotten another name too. I I have an uncle who calls himself Timothy too because of an experience that he had with God, and that's what he believed God was giving him. And uh, who might argue with that? But I know this: I didn't get another name like that. But I know I got the name Christian when I accepted Christ. That word Christian, by the way, means little Christ. That's that's what it means. And it was actually, I don't know if you know this, but it was a derogatory term that was used for the early believers. Other people called them little Christs in a derogatory way. Doesn't that sound like today, you know, oh you Christians, you little Christ, you know, because that's what you think you are. It's derogatory oftentimes today in, in a lot of circles. But you know what, those early believers wore that name like a badge of honor. And we should as well. We've been given a new name, Christian. Verse 14, Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. So remember, as he came back to the place here, he was told to worship. And this is a form of worship at the time. And the drink offering uh, was wine that was poured around the altar as a sacrifice. I mean, obviously, they needed the wine to drink. It was a sacrifice to pour it out. But it was an act of worship. And it's interesting because that pouring out of wine way back then foreshadows Jesus who is the drink offering for us. How is he the drink offering? By the pouring out, the shedding of his blood, which is represented in communion, right? The giving of his life for us. And you know, Paul actually thought of himself and his life as a drink offering. In Philippians 2, 17 and 18, Paul says, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You didn't know Paul was from, where are you from, Paul Hicks? With you all. Arkansas. I was going to say Texas, but I rejoice and share my joy with you all. That's what he's saying. Then in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7, he said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. And I think about that. Do we have that same attitude? Do do we desire to pour our life out, serving Jesus by serving other people as a drink offering? Um, This was a sacrifice that was made. Now, the oil... Uh, that was poured around the uh, altar as well. We know that in Scripture, oil represents what? The Holy Spirit. When we anoint people with the oil, we tell them, look, this isn't magic. Um, this is just representing the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? I don't know if you ever really paid attention, close attention to all of the Good Samaritan. We know the main part, but... Did you know that the first things, anybody know what the first things he did when he came upon the man who was in need? Anybody know? You don't have to say it, just raise your hand and I'll call you out if you don't really. Luke 10.34, when he first came to the man in need, it says he poured oil and wine on the wounds. Wow. Wow. Oil and wine on the wounds. Now, of course, we know that oil did have some medicinal qualities and the wine probably was to help the pain or I don't know if he poured wine on the wound. That seemed to sting more. Maybe it was to purify, I'm not sure. Um, But the medicinal purposes, it's really a symbolic thing. And You want to think about this. This was a picture of what was needed for us when we were wounded and dying and in need. The blood of Christ represented by the wine and communion was poured out for our salvation and our healing. And the Holy Spirit represented in Scripture by oil is the provision of the power we need to walk and to live the Christian life. And this was all represented in this little time with the Good Samaritan here. What an amazing thing. Going all the way back to the pouring of wine and oil on the altar. You see, when we determine to commit or recommit our Christ, we need the healing. We need that that wine poured out. And we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish what we set out to do. You know, Jacob determined to do these things, but we, when we determine to be obedient, when we come back to the Lord and we say, okay, I'm going to knock off this wandering and I'm going to follow you, Lord, we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to do it. We aren't going to do it on our own. It's a great picture of what happens in our life. Well, let's move on, verse 15. See how we're doing on time here. So Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. So house of God and then God of the house of God. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was still some distance to go, um, To Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. By the way, if you want to know, the distance was somewhere between a mile and five miles. It wasn't a great long distance like they'd traveled already. Uh, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. When she was in severe labor, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. It came about as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Onai, which means son of sorrow. Now, it's interesting because, remember, Rachel had said to the Lord, give me me a son or I die. And it's interesting that in this son Benjamin or Ben-Onai, she called him, her death came about. But Jacob... His father called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. You see, we see two things. There was the sorrow of uh, Rachel dying in childbirth. But there was the promise of Jacob, and so he called him Benjamin, actually, which is son of my right hand. And as you read further in Scripture, you're going to see how important Benjamin was uh, to Jacob. Jacob. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Jacob set a pillar up over her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day, to the time that this was written. Then Israel, notice he's called Israel here now, Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. And it came about while Israel was dwelling in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. You know, so there was a renewed commitment on Jacob's part to God, but evidently, uh, and we'll see further that his sons really hadn't committed. Yeah, they were obedient; they did what he, they were told there. But it's apparent that they're not following in this same commitment in their heart to God and. You know, this is a warning to us as parents and grandparents, you know, that our our offspring are going to follow our lead and they, they are going to continue maybe to follow it even after we turn back to God. That's why it's so important for us not to wander off and to wander away because our kids watch us and they tend to do what we do. And apparently, you know, they were just, had seen Jacob so many times being the conniver and the manipulator And getting things his own own way that they've done the same thing here it's a warning to us and I've noticed maybe you have too um, that oftentimes when we come back to the Lord after wandering for a while and we see that our kids have gone the wrong way too it seems to be harder to get them to follow when we make that U-turn it really does not impossible And if that's your situation tonight, I encourage you, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, um, and keep leading and and believe that God will turn them around. But as I read these last few verses, the question came up, why did Jacob leave Bethel again? I mean, he was told to live there, wasn't he? Dwell there. And once again, the, the answer is, I don't know for sure. And I don't know for sure how long he stayed there before he left again. But I do believe that there, there is a reason. I, don't, I can't be dogmatic about it, but I think the reason is if you go back to his vow that he made, he basically said, I'm gonna to return to my father. And in essence, he still is, is staying in the land because he's not leaving going far away and it's in the land of Canaan that he's staying so he may not be specifically at Bethel, but I, I believe that he had in mind that I got to make it back to my father. I, in Genesis 28, 21, you can see that that was the vow he made. And I'm sure that Jacob longed for his home. He longed for his family. He'd been away for a long, long time. And, and I know that many of you have been like that. Um, I, I think of, you know, my, my son graduated from high school, Twelve days later, he was off to the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, and the closest he's lived to me since that time, and he's now 39, uh, was up in Monterey, California for uh, 18 months. And you know, I long to be close to, to my son and his family. I'm sure you have similar stories. You miss them. You want to be close. And I'm sure that Jacob must have felt that and wanted to be home and near his family. And think about it. He'd suffered the loss of Deborah. That may not seem like, well, yeah, but that was, she was just the nurse, you know. But you got to understand, they were all part of a family. And so he'd lost Deborah, and then especially after the loss of his wife. And remember, Rachel was the wife whom he loved and whom he had served all those years for, 14 years. Rachel and he'd suffered that, that loss during the time. So I think he just wanted to head home. He wanted to complete that vow. He wanted to get back to his home and his family and his father. Verse 22 it says, Now there were 12 sons of Jacob, uh, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, then Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Zebulun. Verse 24, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. And the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maid, Dan, and Naphtali. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's maid, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padan Aram. Verse 27, Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre uh, of Kiriatharba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. So he finally makes it back. Now the days of Isaac at this time were 180 years. Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, an old man of ripe age, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now there's some interesting things in here. He finally makes it back. Uh, We don't know exactly how much time, but then Isaac passes away. So he makes it back to dad before he passes away. But notice another interesting thing at the end of uh, verse 29. It says, his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. So earlier they'd buried the hatchet. And because of that, now together they can bury their father. Isn't that a neat thing? A reconciliation that took place between two brothers, one of which hated the other for what he'd done to him, God can do amazing things. But I think what we see in these last verses, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time uh, commenting on them, but I think what we see is that, you know, even when we make a recommitment, even when Jacob had returned to God, you know, his life didn't all of a sudden become this bed of roses. You know, life goes on. births happen. Deaths happen, sadness, joy. These are all parts of life that we're going to face no matter where we are with God, but certainly we can face them better with him. And as we're going to see in future chapters, there are still many things that are going to happen that aren't great things and things that are results of the poor poor example of a father that he was at times in his life. The big difference here is that even though life goes on and life will go on for us even when we come back to the Lord, that you have a different perspective. And Jacob had a different perspective on life now than he had ever had before. He saw things differently. He had a different way of responding to things that took place in his life rather than the way he used to. He wasn't going to connive. He wasn't going to try to work it out his way he certainly wasn't going to live perfect the rest of his life he certainly was going to face troubles he certainly was going to face sorrows um, well that's interesting siri decided i was talking about her a good reason not to have hey siri on your ipad Oop, there she goes again <laughs> all right so when we think about all this, I think again there's a conclusion for us to make tonight. And I would say to anybody here that's that's listening here in the building tonight or listening on the radio later or a podcast, I think we need to ask ourselves a question. Do we need a fresh start with Jesus tonight? Do you find yourself in a place where you know that you've been partially obedient or even worse, maybe not obedient at all to the Lord, that you've been wandering that way, allowing the world to, to soil your garments and not doing anything about it? Do, do you find that your love is just waxing cold? Maybe it's not that you're blatantly doing things, but your love for the Lord is just waxing cold right now. It's not what it once was. Do you need to return to that first love tonight? Do you find yourself right now placing some of the things of the world above your relationship with Christ? And do you need to get rid of some of your idols tonight? You know, 2 Timothy 2, 3-5 says this, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, No soldier in active service, which is what we're supposed to be, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Is your life entangled with the things of the world tonight? Things that you know you need to get untangled And do you just maybe need to renew your worship of God? Again, maybe you're not blatantly being disobedient, but do you need to just spend more time in worship? Make it a priority of your life rather than an afterthought. Oh, gee, I forgot to spend any time with you today, God. I want to encourage you tonight with Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, as I was reading this, one of the things that I really love about this whole narrative is that from the very beginning of the chapter, even with all of Jacob's previous mistakes and even as bad a decision as it was for him to go to Shechem rather than go to Bethel and the horrible things that happened there, did you notice that when we started off this chapter, it just says God spoke to Jacob and God told him, what to do. There wasn't any chastisement. There wasn't any yelling and screaming as we often think God does to us. God just spoke to him and said, Jacob, go, live, worship. He gave him the command to return to him. And that's the God you and I serve. So if tonight you know that there's some returning that needs to take place, Just know God is not going to get angry with you. He's not going to chastise you. He's just giving you the call to return to him tonight. There should be no fear or hesitation on your part. Maybe someone's here tonight that's never even had that first experience that Jacob had, and God's calling you as well. And he's calling you to come to him tonight and have that experience with him tonight. You can do that in prayer tonight. You can just... Come before the Lord Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sin, to come into your life, to come into your heart, and you can begin that relationship that Jacob began all the way back in Genesis 28. That's your opportunity here tonight. So I hope if that's you that you'll do that as we pray.
0: We want to give you an opportunity right now. Don't waste another moment without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, Pastor Michael, how do I do that? Simply this, you cry out to him. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. Pray it right now. Keep your eyes open if you're driving. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe that you are God in human flesh. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sin and receive you. I'm going to do it your way. Let me be born again by your Holy Spirit. Give me a new start and a new heart. If you're a prodigal, pray something similar. Come home. Come back to the face of grace. That's what the Bible's all about. I mean, look, there's ugly stuff in the Bible, but it's all about a Redeemer. My Redeemer lives. And I'm going to see him one day. And that's our hope, folks, for all of us, because we've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. That's why Jesus came. And he came through, you know, really a a human line that's just so much like our families and ugly stuff to save us. That's what God came to do, to save you and me. Trust in him and Him alone for your salvation. And if you did that today, please reach out to us. If you need prayer, we'd like you to contact us. There's a contact form at livingtruthradio.org. Tell us who you are, where you listen, how the program's been a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, just, just say, hey, I decided to follow Jesus today, Pastor Michael. I recommitted my life today. Let us know. livingtruthradio.org, the contact form. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry, and we have an opportunity to expand our reach. We exist to build up believers and reach out with the gospel to others. And we need you, our listening family, to partner with us in prayer and in giving in order to do that. You can give in a couple different ways. One way is to go online to livingtruthradio.org, or you can send in your offering to Living Truth Christian Fellowship 1009 Arsenal Way Corona California two.
1: You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.